Hello and welcome back to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. Mike is out on assignment somewhere in Florida watching baseball. It is Monday, April 12th. And in this episode, it feels like deja vu, deja vu all over again. Brighton, brightened. But that's not what we're going to talk about. I'm going to take this episode, because Mike's not here, as an opportunity to really go through the table and put together just a sense of expectations, where narratives have been. The season's really winding down. There are only seven weeks to go. And I just want to go through every single team, say, are they where they should be? Are they where they expected to be? And just a little bit of notes on where they've been the last few weeks, just so we can get a picture of the table, picture where things are, what's important to the individual team, what goal they should have, and just trying to give a little snapshot of every single team. And I'm going to go through all 20 because um, usually when I'm without Mike, I basically plow through the show in like five minutes. So uh, I thought it would be a good idea just to, just to talk it through. Uh, We have, Super duper exciting news. That's one thing going to the table. The other thing is Mike and I are going to experiment and try and join a network uh, called the Chop It Up Sports Network. The first episode will be Friday. I don't know what it means for the feed. We still have control of the show. It's a new guy. He's doing his best. Uh, It's not a giant network, but we're excited to try and spread our wings and see if we can't get another. Hey, listen, if there are only 15 normal listeners to this show, if we can get to 30, get to 40, get to 50, have one big show, have some cross promotion. We just want the show to grow because we're having fun and we think we're doing a good job and think that other people will like it once they hear what we have to say. But let's get to the table and we'll start top to bottom. Why not? First, Manchester City. What were their expectations? Their expectations were to win the league. Where are they right now? They're winning the league. Uh, At this point, the league is done for them. They're in every competition, have a final with Tottenham at the end of the month for the Carabao Cup, which City have won three times in a row. There's a little bit on that game. Could we set the record for most in a row, most League Cup wins? Liverpool currently hold that. But really, City's big prize is the Champions League. Uh, Pep Guardiola was brought in specifically to win the Champions League. It is the highest profile trophy you can win and only the real class of Europe win it. Uh, The last team similar to city that were trying to win it and hadn't won it yet were Chelsea uh, under the early Abramovich years. And they got theirs in 2010, 11 when, um, when they won the champions league versus Bayern Munich. And that really cemented, I really was the last moment that Roman Abramovich actually cared about the team. I think he's, kind of been not really as interested, not been at Stanford Bridge since. But for City, winning the league is big. Winning the FA Cup would be nice. We're still in that. Winning the League Cup would be nice. But for City, I think for us, we would take a double of the Champions League and the league. So our city, our season has been where we'd expect it to be. And it was an odd way to get there. We had to battle our way through it, but did get there. For United, who are in second place, 11 points back, they just had a good result. They're feeling good. Uh, there's, their goal this season was to build on their second place 66-point season or 
was it second? No, no, no. Third place Champions League 66 point season. They're already on 63 points. So they'll probably pass their 66 point season. Uh, it's a consolidation for Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. He, as much as I loathe to admit it, he's been good. And he has the players pulling in the same direction. There's no sort of infighting. He's gotten Paul Pogba back on side. And make no doubt about this. United are super duper talented, especially going forward. Uh, Their front four, front five. One of them or two of them are usually firing. Bruno Fernandez has been their main cog, but now Cavani's getting into shape. They're out of all the other competitions. Uh, They're still in the Europa League. I think they'd like to win that. But for them, it's about trying to win the Europa League and trying to finish strong. So it means not sort of backing into second place. They currently have a six-point lead on Leicester City. They're solidly in second. They're right there on their own. Um, And they're trying to build for next season. So all in all, I would say, and they've also made a transition. They've transitioned to Dean Henderson from David De Gea in goal, who'd been there for 10 years. They're solidly in a good shape. And I think United fans will expect a real push next season, depending on how this finishes. So they're in good shape for Leicester city who are in third. They, their goal is to hold on to the champions league spot. They're fading again. They're having a little bit of trouble. Uh, their expected goal difference is only seven and a half. Uh, the Rogers narrative for Leicester city is, you know, slipping again, slipping. No, no pun intended with Steven Gerrard. So last season, they really collapsed down the stretch, falling into the Europa League spot and really have no other fronts where they're fighting on and really need this top four. The reason why we always talk about the top four is because these are guaranteed places in next season's Champions League. And the Champions League is an extra 70 to $90 million a year. So just being in the Premier League is, a, is almost $100 million. The Champions League is another 50 to $100 million. So it's a huge amount of money. It's a huge achievement, especially in the Premier League where it's so, so tough. Leicester are not in the class of Manchester City, Manchester United, uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, even even Everton. They're, they're a class beneath them. They're in that next group. So it would be a huge, huge, huge feather in Brendan Rodgers' cap, but he needs to hang on. He needs Vardy to start scoring. He needs the players to kick back on, but they are not hanging on and and i think it's precarious for them they really need to push on because they're in trouble next up wow e wow west ham in fourth place this is the massive overachievement of the season i think if you go back to episode one episode two of this season i would have predicted that you know i think we talked about with a with a with a, with a guy who visited us that you know west ham might not win a game in their first 10 David Moyes, manager of the manager of the year. This team plays as a unit. They know what they're going to do. West Ham don't care about any other trophies. For them to finish top half is a huge achievement. To them to finish in the top five is a huge achievement. Get Europa. For them to finish in the top four is incredible. It would mean everything to West Ham. Uh, this team is just tight. They... For the first part of the season, they got massive contributions from Suchek coming on from 
uh, the middle of last season. He's still provided goals early, especially a headed threat. Uh, Declan Rice is consolidated and is maybe the best holding midfielder that that England has produced since Michael Carrick. Great passer, a little less athletic than you like, but really good. They just play as a unit. Uh, Mikel Antonio scores goals. He's not pretty, but he runs the channels hard, fights hard for the team. And this team is just strong. Uh, they got a massive reinforcement from um, from Lingard at at the at, at the transfer deadline in January, and he's hit the ground running. Moyes had him, I think, in United at some point, but he's got good pedigree. He'd been training with United. He was a regular at United until Ole came in and Fernandez took his spot. But this West Ham achievement is massive, and for them to be in fourth place with seven weeks to go is tremendous, and they're going to have to fight to keep their slot because right behind them is Chelsea. Um, I think Chelsea's expectation are a little bit odd. They did fire Frank Lampard in season. They clearly did not like where they were. They had slipped out of the Champions League. I think they saw Tuchel and saw a better manager than what they had and rightly pulled the trigger and were not sentimental. They can, you know, they could upgrade one spot. Instead of getting rid of one of their players, they got rid of their manager. And Tuchel is a good manager. Um, so he, the first thing he did really was clean up the Chelsea defense. And they really have been a great defensive team since he came in. Now he's working on the scoring. They're really playing well in Europe. They don't give up much. Uh, he really only had the one bad, two bad results in the probably 11 to 12 games he played. The West Brom result two weeks ago. And the City result was, was like his second game but City really outclassed Chelsea. And Chelsea are where they are. I don't know if they feel particularly good about where they are. They think they feel like they have to finish top four. Um, doing well in the Champions League, they have a great opportunity to make the semifinals uh, because they have Porto and they have a two-goal lead. So they're in good shape in Europe. And, it, and they're a strong team. And their weaknesses are scoring. The curse of the Chelsea striker from Shevchenko to Torres to Alvaro Morata. They just simply bring in, and now with Timo Werner, they bring in strikers and they can't score. They do have one who's good in Tammy Abraham, but he's not superstar and he doesn't have a big price tag. So they let him languish. He's a good player. I'm hoping Tammy Abraham can get out of Chelsea, maybe go to Leeds, maybe go to Brighton and really show what he can do. They still have chances, and they have a good team. Uh, our Lord and Slavier, oh, Christian Pulisic is there, the American captain. They're doing well. Liverpool up next. Their season is a disappointment. Um, they can, they can salvage this season by pushing in these last uh, seven games to try and get into the top four. They are. Three points off second, off off third. It's going to be a dogfight for four teams into two slots. So between Leicester, West Ham, Chelsea, and Liverpool, they're fighting to get into the top four. Tottenham are a bit of a ways, but Liverpool's season was done in by losing the entire defense. Then they had to adjust to that defensive problem by sitting deeper, pressing less, which affected their offense. And they're finally kind of just going, okay, we don't have central defenders, but let's not mess up the rest of the team. 
They have a pretty weak schedule down the stretch, and I'd expect them to get into the top four. Uh, they are basically out of the Champions League. They're down 3-1 to Real Madrid. No fans at Anfield. It's going to be tough for Liverpool to come back from that. But their season is a let's lick our wounds, end this season, push for the top four, get Van Dyke back, and try and go again. But uh, it's a formidable team. They're just not there right now. They had a three-year push. The fourth season is really difficult. You know, City couldn't win two in a row, couldn't do it a third season. Uh, City spend more money than any other team. So it's really hard to sustain greatness. And it really just goes to show how incredible Alex Ferguson was, how ridiculous the other leagues are without the competition with the same teams winning over and over and over again. But Liverpool will will be pleased if they can get into the top four. And they're probably aiming for that Leicester City or West Ham spot. Next, we have Spurs. Spurs, weirdly, are not really that far off where you'd expect them to be. It's the manner in which they've gotten there. They're seventh. They've had some good wins. But the manner of the play has been, it's been Mourinho. Um, they had great results early. There was something happening. It felt good. And as Mike has said a million times, the Crystal Palace result really hurt them. The West Ham result really hurt them. Those were both draws and a loss. They've dropped games from 15, I think, or 12 winning positions because Mourinho insists, or somehow the message Mourinho is giving to the players is that if they have a leave, they have to try and sit on it. And so Spurs have gone up multiple games, multiple goals, and blown it because their defense has never really been invested in, or it has, but they just don't have that that center back that the great teams have. If you look at all the teams ahead of them, City have got Diaz and Stones. United really have solidified with Maguire and Lindelof. Leicester have three. They have Fofana, they have Soyenchu, and they have Evans. West Ham really run with Agbana and weirdly Dawkins uh, are great. Chelsea found the right rhythm between. Uh, well, Tuchel was able to find the right rhythm between Tuchel, between between Zuma, uh, Christensen. They find the right defensive unit. Liverpool have had the problem, so they're in the same boat as Spurs. But Tottenham have not settled their back line all season. And they've had a lot of games where they've fallen behind and just trying to play a defensive style without the players. Um, so Harry Kane and Son have been great. Son is, I mean, Harry Kane any other year would be player of the year. He leads the league in goals and assists. It's just ridiculous. And um, between he and Fernandez at Manchester United, they're probably the two standout individual performances. But Spurs' season as a whole does not feel good. They are in the League Cup final, as Mike has said a million times. I think Mourinho wants to win that trophy because he can say, see, see, I brought a trophy. But really, it's been a disappointing season. But only in the sense of play, only in the sense of you know, how they've gotten to this point. If they had played a different way and were in the same spot, I think the season might be okay in a weird way, like, you know, drop a few of these losses and turn them into draws and maybe it would feel okay. Narrative is weird that way. 
Um, so, and then after Tottenham comes Everton, Everton are sort of middling. They, they, they're, they're pretty much out of the Europeans places. They want to hold on to their spot. Their season has been positive in general. Uh, they've had moments where it looked like they were going to kick on. Um, but I think they're sort of stuck where they are next. We'd have Arsenal, Arsenal in ninth, their season's a disappointment. They have 12 losses, something not seen at Arsenal in decades. Uh, Arteta is trying to move the team forward, but they take a step forward and two steps back, three steps forward, two steps back. Their season's hinging on Europa League versus Slavia Prague. They'll probably lose. They're just super inconsistent, relying on 17 and 18-year-olds. Their veterans aren't really helping them. They've lost Tierney, who's probably their best player. Their season has been a disappointment. Um, Arsenal are just not to the standard that Arsenal fans would expect. This is a team that spent over 20 years in the top four, which now we've been talking about it a lot. We know how hard it is to spend one season in the top four. Ask Liverpool. Ask uh, Chelsea. It's hard to be in there. And for for Arsenal to have been in it for 20 years is an achievement in and of itself. And I think it's Manchester City who's taken their spot in the pantheon of English football, to be frank. They're the ones who elbowed them out. First it was Chelsea. Then it was City. That's when Wenger really started slipping into that fifth slot. And then it sort of started being disappointed because, again, it's all about expectations. Arsenal are expected to be better, and they're not. Um, they don't really have anything else to play for. The league, they're not going to go down. They're not going to get into Europe. They're, you know, 10, place, 10, points, off, 10 points off West Ham. It's just not going to happen for them. Um, so they're just hanging on hoping that they can get a little bit further in the Europa League. And for them, it's about performance. They need to play better. Uh, the, 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 the Liverpool game they played the other week was really poor and basically an embarrassing performance. They can't seem to string together 90 minutes. Next, we have Leeds coming off the win of the season for anybody. They beat Manchester City 2-1 and a last-minute goal. I love them. We've talked about them a lot, and this was a Leedsy performance. Uh, running hard, never giving up, never saying die. And in spots 10 and 11, Leeds and Aston Villa really, really um, had great seasons. Leeds just coming up, Aston Villa coming off a season where they just came up. They really got hampered by losing Grealish, but Leeds and Aston Villa, I sort of lumped together. Both play really hard. Both play swashbuckling, fun football. Both secretly, well, more, more so Aston Villa. Aston Villa secretly a really good defense. We talked about Emmy Martinez many times. But these teams at this level, mid-table, mid I'm including Arsenal here, they need all their guys. They can't sustain their best player being out multiple weeks. So Villa season as a challenger for Europe, which I think they thought they could do probably three months, two months ago, disappeared with Jack Grealish getting hurt. Jack Grealish is the number one chance creator in the Premier League. Suitors from all over. We love him. He's one of our Spice Boys, but he's been out for a while. Next, we have Wolves. Wolves' season, I think, ended really when Jimenez cracked his skull. 
they could never really push him back. But to finish where they are, mid-table, on 36, almost a 500 team. They had some bad results, tough games. Um, they they had recently been in a really bad run of form. But without, without Jimenez, their goal scorer, they really can't muster much. They play defensive. They thought that Traore would kick on. I don't think their season's a disappointment. They're happy where they are, but it's not a progressive season. So there's a little bit of lamenting like of, of what could have been, but Wolves are firmly entrenched in the establishment of the Premier League, but they do need to reload. Um, I don't think they're replacements for Doherty in Semedo and anyone stepping up to be their striker has worked. Um, so they would need to be worried. Next is Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace are not good. Uh, they have a. They are one of the worst teams in expected goals, and they should be afraid and should not rest on this season's. You know they're safe this year. They're on thirty-eight. They're not going to go down. This team is not good. Um, they're lucky to be where they are. Maybe they're on the beach. Maybe they don't care. But their last result, they really didn't show up. They've um they lost to Chelsea four-one. They lost to Tottenham 4-1. They did get a draw against Man United earlier in the month in, in March, but this team's not good enough. And if you've looked at them and you watch the league a lot, you'll know that they've had the same players for a long time. Zaha's getting older. They're one of the poorer teams. I think they're happy where they are, but they shouldn't rest on the laurels. They need to reload. Southampton in 14th. Really had a tough run. They just lost to West Brom 3-0. Really bad result for them. They're also on the beach. They've got to be done with their season. They feel safe. They're on 36. But their season really um, petered out. They were doing okay. Injuries hit. They got blown out again in a nine-goal loss. I love Hasenhutl. But things really went wrong for them, and they had to kind of recover. They still have an FA Cup to play for. So that that's still on the horizon for them uh, that they can play for. Same with Chelsea, same with Leicester. So they're in these top four areas, but they still have a little bit to play for. FA Cup means something to these teams. But it's been a, a tough season. They really thrive on Danny Ings, who's been in and, out of this, in and out of the lineup. They have hung in there. In 15th is Brighton. They just drew with Everton in a typical... Typical Brighton way, XG through the moon. They have the underlying record of a team in the top four, but they're not in the top four. I love this team. We all know I love this team. Brighton are literally a striker away from a top four, top half push. They've got to keep Potter. They've got to spend money. Like they have the team. They have the manager. They have the style. They have the spirit. They need to do very precise spending for specific quality. Like, they need Tammy Abraham. They need Kalechi Iannaccio. Uh, they need Danny Ings. They need a real high-end striker to finish all these chances they create because they could take off. Seems they've solved their goalkeeping problem. They're happy to be in the league. They're they're doing it the right way. They're doing it the way they want to, right? They are an attacking, fun team to watch. 
frustrating at this point. They, you've seen the same result over and over again. They're happy to be in the league. They're doing well. They're one of these teams that needs to convert half their draws into wins, and they'll be gone. They'll be you know 13 and 6. They'll be up with Arsenal on 45 points. Mid-table. For Brighton, that would be a massive result. Burnley, happy to be in the league. Got beat by Newcastle, which was shocking. Got beat by Southampton, also shocking. They're playing a little bit better, but they are always, you know, near the relegation zone. They know who they are. They know how they want to play. They have a clear manager. I think the thing with Burnley is, are they getting old? Is it getting stale? Um, they apparently have new investment. I don't know what that means, but they do need to refresh and they can't survive and continue to play this way. They need a little bit of something else, a little, a little spark, a little flash and dash. They need a little, they need a Wilford Zaha. They need an Alan San Maxima. They need someone who's a bit of a maverick to take that strong platform that Burnley plays with and those big bruising strikers that are the personality of the manager who can just make something happen because they're solid, they're strong, they're 4-4-2 all the way. I don't think you can play that way all the time. You've got to be able to put the fear into other teams. You can't just sit back all the time. And there have been flashes with Burnley when they play teams at their level. I think about two weeks ago, the Southampton versus um, Burnley game was wide open. It was fun. But they need to be better because next season is another season. They need to spend. They need to find the right mix where they can get something a little better. Just something that will push them on, a stronger striker, a, a little bit of magic. Because they're there. They're not a bad team. They can stay in the league for many years. But... I think the dinosaurs of that type of play, the Mourinho's, I think there's a couple teams that are playing that way. If I look in the table, you know, Burnley are the our traditional English football, blood and thunder. Next, we have Newcastle, who I'm praying go down, but it looks like they pulled a win out of their ass because Alan San Maximan is just pure magic. And um, they looked, you know, three weeks ago like they were dead. And Fulham basically went on a run of losing four in a row. And Newcastle have only one loss in their last five. So Newcastle looks safe right now. Seven games to go. They have a six-point lead. Um, if Fulham aren't going to win, then there's nothing to worry about. The problem for Fulham, who are in 18th, can't score. I mean, this this group, probably from Crystal Palace down, they all just want to be in the league. Their goals are survival. Uh, a cup run, so for instance, Southampton still in the cup. Maybe they can avenge against Leicester. But these teams are strictly about the financial windfall of staying in the Premier League. Fulham are fighting. They started really poorly. Then they really had a chance there for a minute. It looked like they were pulling together their XG, which is just sort of an underlying number that helps you understand how they should be, is not of a relegation team, but they can't score. 
they have the same problem that Brighton have, but not nearly as good. And then West Brom and Sheffield both have fired their managers and they're done. Uh, I don't know what their expectations were to start the season, but they've been the two worst teams in the league for a long time. And um, Big Sam hasn't rescued him. Now, West Brom do have two wins in a row. It would be a shock if they pulled this out, but stranger things have happened. If if West Brom win another, then the momentum starts rolling. They are six. They're eight points behind Newcastle. They basically have to win all their games. But stranger things have happened. Much stranger things have happened. So that's where the Premier League is right now. And you have a sense of where people are. During this week, we've got Champions League coming up. City played Dortmund. It's a big game. City are up two goals to one going to Dortmund. If if Dortmund's fans were there, I'd be worried. I mean, I'm still worried. City are... City find ways to fuck things up, especially with under Guardiola. The Premier League still has two teams, three teams. Chelsea up 2-0 versus Porto. Liverpool down 1-3 to Liverpool and City up 2-1 to Dortmund. And then PSG Bayern, that's the game to watch. That's a bloodbath. But I'll be I'll be focusing on City. Uh that's the other championship result. Let's just see the FA Cup. FA Cup resumes in Two weeks. No, in this week. Oh, my God. It's this weekend. Um, Chelsea, Man City in the semifinal. And then Leicester versus Southampton. This will be These will be tough games. Uh, both City and Chelsea will have played midweek and then face each other. So we'll see how this goes. You know, this is all about the quadruple for City. <laughs> Which sounds ridiculous to say. That was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Slurno and Laurent Cortines, but not Mike. We release new episodes on Mondays and Thursdays, except maybe it might be Fridays. Please rate and review the, the show on your favorite podcast network. It makes a huge, huge difference for the show. I love you. Bye.